0: Everyone, thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your shit together. Well, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast. It's also known as Get Your
1: Shit, shit. Together. Whoa. That was beyond creepy. What you and Glenn did? No, what you did. What, what I did?
2: Yeah. <laughs> It's sure a love show it. with the wolf man.
1: What is that from? I don't know. It sounds smoother, that voice. American graffiti.
0: Is it really? Mm. I don't know what that is. Glenn's fave. Mm. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. At least it's not bestiality.
1: <laughs> it's... We don't talk about that on air. Oh I'm sorry. We talked about it at lunch, though. Yeah. My goodness. Terrible, terrible, terrible.
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Well, thank you. I'm for that Roth opening. Glenn rocks here. And Kyle Reed.
0: And Kyle, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> why don't I just go ahead?
1: <laughs> this week's episode, brought to you by the creepy Rohit Rohila, is, um, so so the idea for this week's episode came to me from another podcast that I was listening to, and I recommend it as well, is uh, The Hidden Brain. Uh, it's an NPR podcast. Uh, I'll take a look at what the episode number was and shoot it to Glenn so you can put it in the notes, but the idea behind it. Focused on a topic we've discussed in the past. That's a scarcity mentality or what they called tunnel vision. Um, And the idea was that essentially our brain is like internet. It was a certain amount of bandwidth and things that we can handle or compute, if you will, and and focus on at one particular time. And a scarcity mentality can be used uh, intentionally or against you and you're not even aware of it. An example they gave is, is someone who had recently lost their job and they maxed out a credit card to buy necessities. They bought more toilet paper than normal. They bought more uh, diapers than normal, things like this, right? They focus so much on taking care of those, what you would call quote unquote necessities that they weren't able to plan ahead. And then you think about gas, didn't have gas money. Credit card's maxed out. Now you can't make a payment because you don't have a paycheck coming in. Had they been able to plan long term and use that card truly for emergencies, that situation outcome would have been wildly different. And it just discussed where a lot of that comes from, why we think and feel that way, and where else does that show up in our lives, right? is it that you have a scarcity mentality so you're middle class or you're middle class so you have a scarcity mentality, right? Some people are born into money. Others work hard for it, right? So there are some people that just have less worries by association or family. Being born into money, right? You have less things to worry about so you can use your mental capacity for other things. Whereas impoverished people are so concerned with the next dollar, the next rent, the next light bill, whatever that is, the next meal, that they don't even have the capacity to think beyond that. So are we blaming those people for their failures and lack of success? Or are we actually taking a look at understanding the circumstances they're in and what what may be pigeonholing them to, to that circumstance to stay there? Hmm. So with all that being said, it's it's really just discussion around what scarcity mentality is, how it creates tunnel vision, where does it come up in our lives, my life, and what can we do about it? What can I do about it?
2: What are your thoughts, Glenn? You and I discussed this episode today at lunch. Yeah, you had an example that I actually really liked. Yeah, there's actually a couple good examples in history. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's doctrine. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, so it was I, and it was... this is this is going back to uh, Viking berserkers. They're created from hunger, and what they'll do is they'll train this warrior in the use of whatever weapon they choose, but they starve mm-hmm. them. Then they'll put them into a ring with another fighter. And if they come out alive, they feed them and they feed them well. Mm -hmm. Then the next time they go into battle, they give them the same weapons. And they'll eat in front of this warrior. Then they'll send them into battle. They don't let this person eat. Was this movie called Gladiator? (laughs) No, not a movie. Uh, This is how the Vikings actually trained berserker warriors. And this berserker warrior would then go into the village or the town that they're about to rape and pillage, right? <laughs> and they'd just rain carnage, trying to end the battle as quickly as possible so they could get to their next meal. They rape the women. They pillage the town. Or vice versa. <laughs> I mean, you know, they don't really think that well when they're hungry and, and they're True. they're beaten so Why didn't they just bloody.
0: Vision. Why didn't they just like break into a grocery store?
2: Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> Grocery Why stores didn't, didn't exactly of, exist at a, that point.
0: Local bakery or something like. Yeah. They, they didn't have Safeway back then.
2: No, they didn't have Safeway. Bones? No. No. Kidding.
1: Hmm.
2: So they use that um, to breed a scarcity mentality as an in, as an intentional tactic to exactly. breed that mentality, and that happens even today. Granted, not to the bloody mess that that was, but yeah. Um, You can see that with some of the businesses out there. I mean, especially those that hire people who aren't legal. They'll often take advantage of that, Mm -hmm. give them just enough to survive. Yeah. And then if they ever look to move on or earn that legal status, they'll actually pull that money back and say, well, you know, if you do this, you won't have this money anymore. You're going to starve. Money is a way to control people. Absolutely. Especially when they don't have any and they know they need it to survive. And I think the question that comes into hand there, right, is uh,
1: are you better off having more or wanting less?
2: Hmm.
0: And what is the cause of wanting less? Is it to have a simpler, minimalistic lifestyle or is it settling? It could be either. Potentially. Potentially. One I think is empowering, the other is
1: disempowering. What is what is well how and which one and why? Uh,
0: I think purposely having a minimalistic lifestyle is empowering, mm-hmm. but settling for the bare minimum is uh, is negative. yeah, because what you're doing is you have that scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. you know same thing happens with with money, you know people who are in debt. It's, it's very difficult for them to get out of debt because what do they keep thinking about? How am I going to get out of debt? Mm-hmm. But by doing that, where are you focusing? The immediate. On debt. Mm-hmm. So if if I owe, let, let's say I've got 10K in, in credit card debt, battened credit card debt, right? And I keep thinking about how am I going to pay this off by the end of the year? How am I going to pay this off by the end of the year? And if that's the mentality that I have, then I'm going to be taking baby steps towards it because it's fear driven. Every time I think about it, I get just, you know, knots in my stomach and, and all this kind of stuff. But I, but I think it it's, it just requires a, a quick switch of the flip, a quick flip, flip of the, the switch. switch. Man, now I'm sounding like Glenn. Um, reverse it. Uh, the only thing I need to do is instead of how am I going to make up 10 K of debt instead of, Thinking about that way, think about it. How am I going to make an extra 11K this year? Well, now all of a sudden, all these, I get a flood of different options popping into my head. I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. I've got all these options available mm-hmm. by a simple switch. But if I think negatively, if I think scarcity, if I think debt, how am I going to, how am I possibly going to get out of debt? Mm-hmm. Then that's what I'm fostering it is that negativity that I've created instead of. How can I create positivity? Yeah.
1: So you're saying whether it's negative or positive. Yeah. So one of the arguments in this is that um, individuals are incapable because they don't have the brain capacity to do so. Mm -hmm. Because the thought of the current, we'll use debt as a scenario here, Mm -hmm. is taking up more bandwidth than they're able to allocate to uh, an actionable plan to eliminate that debt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How-to's are important, but they're not everything, right? We know that. We discussed that quite a bit. Um, steps are important, but drive and ambition mm-hmm. is way more important in this process, right? So I think that that mentality overtakes most individuals yeah. and prevents them from even being able to focus on anything else. So you have to somehow remove focus from the debt itself. And shift the focus to the solution, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And that could be whether it's saving ten thousand or making eleven thousand. I don't personally I don't think that's as important, and I don't think one's positive or negative if the initial step is done that the focus is shifted from worrying about the debt to
0: whatever the solution is.
1: Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: It does. And whenever Whenever we think about stuff like this, I'm always drawn to thinking about extremes, right? And in this case, if it's all about scarcity mentality, I think of the people who are, like I said, struggling Mm -hmm. by living paycheck to paycheck, right? It's the people who have grown up that way. That's the way their parents were, struggling Mm -hmm. every paycheck to paycheck. And then they continue that same path of struggling paycheck to paycheck and their child is going to struggle paycheck to paycheck somewhere the cycle needs to break Mm -hmm. and i thought of why is it that because there's there's things available like financial planners right you can go see a financial planner it's free they'll go over everything with you they'll let you know what you need to start doing many of your banks offer it yeah but here's the thing i'm too embarrassed Oh, yeah. Right? Pride. Pride gets in the way. That's like, that's the same thing as someone who is not healthy being afraid to go to a gym. Mm. That's someone who is not financially stable afraid to go to a bank. Yeah, It's, it's the same. We, we have this fear driven in us. And I think what it comes down to is our circle of influence. That's how we stay in that path. That's why the kids are going to do the same thing as the parents, the same thing as the parents because it's our circle of influence we do what we see
2: mm-hmm.
0: if i'm not seeing a financial advisor what am i going to do i'm going to do the same thing my friends are doing because that's my education mm-hmm. is what my friends are doing if, if my friends don't go to the gym why would i my friends don't do this why would i we rise and fall to match the expectations of others the three of us and Kevin, when, when he's here, uh, unfortunately, he's he's at home. His his baby girl is not feeling too well. Feel better self. Um, but, you know, the the four of us now hold each other to a certain level of accountability that we don't hold our other friends to. Why is that? I think that's because we have each collectively said by just being in the studio, we expect each of us to hold each other accountable our expectations have changed. Have changed. Absolutely. This is our circle of influence. For Mm our GYST circle of influence, we now are going to rise. Mm -hmm. We have different
2: comfort zones now.
1: We've all risen already. So so I think to that point, Uh and I don't mean to interrupt, but I want, before you stray too far from this, I want to, to bring up the point that it's autopilot, right? So you mentioned that we mimic those around us Mm -hmm. because those things are autopilot they don't they don't require bandwidth they don't require thoughts yeah right it's a pre-programmed set of instructions we don't even have the bandwidth in our brain to realize that our inner circle is also perpetuating the same ideas that we already have yeah that I can't get out of this debt or that I can't get this next job or that I need to buy 78 diapers and 400 rolls of toilet paper, right? So I think I'm with you, but also you say it like it's so easy.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know what I'm going to say? Therein lies the problem. Therein lies the, well, yes and no. Now I'm going to say, by me saying that, you recognize that's difficult.
1: Yeah. Because you have been there before. 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, you oh, yeah. are no longer there. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would say that I have uh, uh, times, and I'm trying to think of like a good word, instances, I suppose, where mm-hmm. I am there, and I realize I'm there, and I'm like, shit, I got to take a look at this. So, I think it's a never-ending cycle to be able to do that, but that is a learned behavior. You started right? questioning your own behavior. 100%. Yeah. That's a learned behavior, but- I go quite sometimes, a lot of times, without questioning my behavior, and I fall into, we'll call it a rut, Yeah. right? Um, I I have the ability to recognize it because I have learned that. I didn't realize that was a thing to learn. People say, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. I know that. How do we make that available for everyone else? Because again, I didn't have the bandwidth, right? Learning something like this took my focus away from whatever other problems there were and allowed me to focus on this. Yeah. Had I not had that, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be on the trajectory that I'm on, right? Whatever that looks like. Um. So when we talk about those actions, those actions seem easy. Mm. But to someone who's there, it's not. Yeah. How do you get out of jail? Unlock the door and walk
0: out. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. What what's interesting is I, I think this shows the development of, and, and I think it's fantastic that there's the three of us, mm-hmm. because between the three of us, I've got the most experience when it comes to personal development. Yeah. I question my behavior every single day. Mm. I don't. No matter what I do. Yeah. I'm always like, am I doing this the best way? Is this leading, you know, simple error and judgment versus simple discipline? Is this bringing me closer to a desired reality that I'm trying to create? Mm-hmm. Or does it continue me on the path of my current reality that I'm trying to avoid? I'm used to doing that in the moment now. Kyle, you're you're about four five years into your personal development path, mm-hmm. and you're saying you've started doing that. Yeah, you recognize sometimes you fall back, but still you you question a lot of your behavior and I do it with
1: fall. larger larger, uh, I, I guess decisions or circumstances. I don't do it probably as frequently as maybe I would like. Yeah. to be where I would like to be.
0: And Glenn, I think you're starting to do it now, mm-hmm. which I think shows what what this does. For example, Glenn, you never did that before, right? Like questioning a lot of what you're doing for, for in terms of growth, right? But by being in this environment, by changing your circle of influence, you have now surrounded yourself with people who have a higher accountability for you. That's and, true, and it becomes easier. And so, Kyle, I, I think what you, what you're trying to say is for the people who don't even know that that's an option, you know, and and it's true. If if you don't know this stuff, you just continue life the way you've always lived it. What happens? What right? you do? What your friends do? You do what your <clears throat> what you learn from your parents. You you never question the status quo.
2: Mm-mm.
0: I think. That is where the real difference between successful and average people kicks in. Because successful people, 3% of the population. Average people, 97% of the population. I bet you if you take a look at people who question their behavior, their motives, their thought processes, you're going to get to about 3% of the population. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the key lies. Mm -hmm. And that's something, Kyle, as you move forward, I mentioned that a lot in 30 Day Life Reset. Oh yeah, Question status quo. Question everything that you're doing, more so On the back in the half. next coming coming days and weeks. But but it's true. Uh, uh, if you don't question your behavior, you're going to think it's acceptable.
1: How do you gain the ability to question your behavior? Because that's some, the root of well, this discussion. Uh, yeah,
2: some people actually do it naturally too. Some can. I would call them successful people. V- well. Not necessarily, yeah. but but on the road to success or psychopaths. Because um, ta- not everyone in poverty ends up in poverty, right? Yeah, uh, raised in poverty ends up in poverty. You see some Absolutely. you see some examples where people were raised in an impoverished home where they made poor choices all mm-hmm. the time, but as they get to the point where they can start making decisions for themselves financially, they make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Because they're learning from what not to do. Yeah. So some people can learn like that. Mm-hmm. They, they can view it and see it and start counteracting what what those bad choices would be. When do you think they learn? You, all through life growing up in, in that bad situation. Yeah. I, I think because what
1: I'm thinking of is... You have to be able to learn those things when you have the capacity to focus on them. Um, if you have to grow up fast and all of a sudden you're the man in the house at 12, mm-hmm. you don't have the capacity to learn those things because your your focus is now putting food on the table, is now making enough money to pay rent or mortgage or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. So I think if we looked at instances where Someone like Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. He made a decision early on that he didn't want to be what his mother was, right? Um, when and how did he learn that? And I think that's what we have to look at. Because we're asking the right questions and we're saying to ask the right questions, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're dealing with somebody... Who's so consumed with something else. Not only can they not ask herself that question. They don't even think it's a reality. They don't think it's possible. Yeah. Right. An example I have is um, my boy Nate. My man, 50 grand, like a brother to me. Just got married, by the way. Congratulations, my man. Um, When LeBron went to the Miami Heat. I wanted to see the big three play the Lakers because I'm a big Lakers and I'm a Kobe fan. They played twice a year. That's it. Once in L.A. and once in Miami. In L.A. it was on Christmas. So I said, I can't go on Christmas. I got to stay home with family. That's very important to me. But I need to see these guys play in person. We're going to Miami. Everybody was like, what? Seriously? You, you want to do that? That's a thing? Yeah, we can do that. Why the fuck not?
0: <laughs> so, are we allowed to? Yeah, why so not?
1: I, I bought tickets, mm-hmm. right? And we went to Miami, we did a vacation out of it, we went to the Bahamas. It was beautiful. We was there for a week. And the low light of the trip was the game. And that's not negative. It's just that the trip was so much fun and we did so many awesome things. The intention to go was for the game, but it wasn't even the best highlight.
0: Yeah.
1: Shortly after that, I said, let's go to the Mayweather fight. Let's get tickets. And he said, what, we can do that? it wasn't even something he had ever considered in his life that it was possible. So not only did he not ask himself the question of this would be a dope fight to go to. I want to get tickets. How can I get tickets? It was not even a consideration. So that's what I'm saying is there's
2: people out there who this is not even in. a a, a, So in your case, you were, you were more of a motivating factor than Hey, why don't we do this? You brought up the thought. Oh, yeah. For the Lakers game, it, absolutely. Sometimes I'm, I'm just it saying. just takes that outside influence to say, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? And if your outside influence is perpetuating the same thing that you're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying, right?
1: Yeah. We talk about this inner or, uh, circle of influence. Um, and this exercise is hard for people who are aware of the exercise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine people who have no clue it fucking exists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: the people I'm talking about.
0: And it's tough. Like, there there are people that I know who listen to this podcast who originally only started listening to it because they knew us. Absolutely. They had no
1: I only desire. I started recording it because I knew you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> on, that yeah. Front, <laughs> on that front, I've got some right. weird news at the end of this. Okay. <laughs> um, they,
0: they had no idea what personal development's even about. And I come across this all, almost on a daily basis. People still think personal development means that there's something wrong with me. You know, why do mm-hmm. I need to go to a personal development seminar? There's nothing wrong with me. I've got a good so job. Much so, so much so that you
1: use the word personal development and not self-help. Y- yeah. And when we studied hashtags, we found out that personal development is a trash hashtag because nobody fucking uses it. No one uses it. it. Only people who are afraid to say self-help.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Didn't mean to interrupt, but I had No,
0: to. it's true. I mean, and, and that's a thing in itself. <clears throat> what are you involved in? Personal development. Okay, he must be. You know, that's positive. good. Positive. It has a, What are you involved in? Self help. Oh, there's something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, and and that's interesting because, I think what you're talking about is how do you realize that you need to break through one of the biggest walls when you don't even realize that there's a you don't wall there. It's there. You don't even see you it. Have no you don't. fucking clue. And your entire circle of influence doesn't see it because you're focused on every
1: corner of the wall and not even realizing it's a fucking wall.
0: Yeah. That's that's
1: every every ounce of energy that you have in your brain is focused on that wall.
0: Yeah, you know if think about when when you were living in a cave, right? When our ancestors, I wasn't that poor. (laughs) When our ancestors were living (laughs) in caves, right? And and let's let's just say we hunted within a five mile radius, right? So everything that we knew was five miles away from our cave, within that, right? Who's to say six miles away wasn't plenty of food? Mm-hmm. Plenty of food. But we just couldn't go there and make it safely back before the sun came down. That's all, we, that's all we knew. And I think the same thing happens to us in life. Is we we stop exploring, our comfort zone starts shrinking. Or in this case, our comfort zone gets defined by our situation at home our financial situation at home and those that we surround ourselves with when when we grow up in a house of abundance we're not taught lack for for the three of us you know it sounds like for the most part we we came from you know parents who who worked hard for us and did the best that they could and we all have already because of their hard work set ourselves up on a different trajectory and our kids on a completely different level. Because now our kids are going to start questioning their circle of influence. They're going to become aware of all this kind of stuff. So the tough part is, is when you're the first person, how do you recognize that stuff? Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down to somehow or another, you've got to be nudged a little bit to question and, and I think we all have a moment of the, the day that turns your life around. For me, it was fourth grade. The, the teacher said we're going to put together a classroom newspaper, and she picked four or five students to do it. And it was an after-school program. I'm looking around, and these are all like the nerds, like the super intelligent ones, you know, the go-getters and all this kind of stuff. And I, and I only knew one person there because, you know, she was my friend. But everyone else, they were like, you know, too high up for me. And I and I go to my friend. I was like, why does why does the teacher have me here? And she's like, look around. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Why am I here? She's like, you're one of us. I'm like, what? Get out of here. I'm not like, you know, I don't get top grades and all this kind of stuff. You know? She's like, no, but you're very ambitious. Like, of course you're a part of this. And that was my first awakening mm-hmm. of maybe there's something different about me so i have i have a similar story
1: yeah but it's backwards oh i was in second grade and i had an opportunity to be in highly capable classes in elementary school but none of my friends were
0: and and what is that highly is that capable. Like, a it's like a type
1: of yeah whatever it's like um it's like honors classes i suppose mm-hmm. um but it was in elementary school
0: okay like magic what is magic? Oh, that's what they called it in my elementary
1: school. Probably something similar. They yeah. rode the short limousine yeah. in the class. I had the same realization that you had that these kids are the nerds, the smart kids, the intelligent kids. Um, I don't recall believing that I didn't belong, but I recalled that they weren't my friends, and I wanted to be with my friends. So, So maybe, maybe subconsciously, I did believe I didn't belong because I believed I belonged with my friends who were not highly capable and I was afraid that their perception of me would change so I refused yeah. to take the test Wow! my parents were pissed Yeah, because you have to test into this program and take the other classes or whatever the hell right um, so yeah similar situation but because of my perception my fear of what the perception of my friends would be of me had I done that and got into that program, I didn't do it. Scarcity. One more thing I wrote down is, um, I think anybody can do this and I think this will help. We discuss your brain having bandwidth, just like internet, right? You can only handle so many things at a time. Rohan, I gave you a number earlier, eight two six five three one nine four. 3194 What's your birthday?
2: 11, What's the number 16,
1: I gave you? Eight, uh, right? I the second time too. I challenge anyone listening to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. eleven sixteen is my birthday. There you go. Go um, heard that GYSTpodcast.com. November 16th. Gift cards. November 16th. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so the, the, the point of that exercise is, and it's such a quick exercise, is just to show you that your brain can only focus on so many things at once. Right? Your brain is also a muscle. Treat it like one. Every once in a while, we talk about this. You've buttered up tons of times, and I do it on occasion. Take a different direction home.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: How many times have you driven somewhere, and you got there and you realized you didn't even know how you got there? You didn't consider if you turned right or turned left. You're on autopilot, and you're in a car. Right? You like it? Take a different route home. Take a different route to work. Brush your teeth with your left hand if you're right-handed. Brush your teeth with your right hand if you're left-handed. It forces you to think about what you're doing. And how do you take action? Your brain tells you to take action. You're exercising that muscle. Now, just because you brush your teeth with your left hand if you're right-handed, it's awkward in that circular motion and going from one corner to another and things like that, right? You think about it. You're telling your hand to do that. You're also stimulating the ability to have more thoughts. Outside of the norm. It'll continue to happen. Mm, yeah, Something so small like that. So I would challenge all of our listeners to do that. Brush your teeth with the opposite hand. Wash your body with the opposite hand. Don't wipe with the opposite hand because it could be very, <laughs> very poor results. <laughs> Take a different route home. Take a different route to work. Eat dinner with the opposite hand. See what your brain does. It's it's going to be hard, but you're going to have to tell yourself how to do it and really think and focus on it. Give yourself tunnel vision. Give yourself horse blinders for something to see that you have the mental capacity to do so. That's so all I got, fellas.
0: Well, and just to kind of piggyback a little bit off what you said, that's why personal development is so hard as well, mm-hmm. is because that's exactly what you're doing. You are you have to recognize in personal development that the way you've been doing your life is not the most optimal. Personal development is all about improving your life and you have to do things that are counterintuitive because whatever is intuitive for you right now, you've already recognized isn't working. It's not the most efficient way of doing things. And so, when you first start doing personal development, it's gonna be like brushing your teeth with the wrong hand. <laughs> but you do that enough times, that became a great analogy, and that becomes what you're used to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, for for all of us coming in, and when you when you thought about like Glenn, I'll use you for an example because you're the newest guy in here. But when you first thought about doing a podcast, you probably questioned your self worth a lot when it came to a personal development podcast. What gives me the right to do it? You know, do I even know what I'm doing? Am I going to sound interesting? All these fears start kicking in. But now, could you do your own podcast? Easily. Mm -hmm. Without even thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because now that's in your comfort zone because now this is what is your norm. And so just like that, I think that's so important to, to know as well. The stuff that we're talking about on ways to improve your life we recognize are, are difficult. That's why most New Year's resolutions are broken within the first couple of weeks because we have to consciously think about it. We have to consciously think about grabbing that toothbrush with our left hand and brushing with our left hand because we're not used to it. But once you are used to it, now all of a sudden brushing your teeth with your left hand is in your comfort zone. It's something you can do. I well, think We'll go on to the next one. Brushing your teeth with your feet.
1: Awkward. It will take hey, lots of there are Some practice. people
2: that play video games with their feet. I might try that. Oh yeah. sexy. Oh, stink up those controllers. No, uh, and and now I think of that's also a good segue I can. Oh, your news. news, right? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. You know, I have my stream that I do three nights a week and sometimes on the weekends, depending on if I'm scheduled to work or not. And how can people catch you again? Mixer.com slash Wolfgar01. And how do you spell Wolfgar? W U L F G A R 01. I was streaming one night and I noticed I had a new viewer. And I started talking and interacting with this viewer. And they're chatting back to me. And I mentioned that I had a podcast. Talked about what we do here. He goes, I thought your voice sounded familiar. He's a listener. So baffling. If if you're out there, thanks for listening. Huh, that's awesome, huh?
0: That's that's the username. That's the username. And, and a
2: gamer. Baffling and a gamer. You.
0: Baffling. You know, Wolfgar, send uh send a, I don't know how Twitch work. Can he send you a DM or something like that? Or no, yeah, do this.
2: He can send a message anytime he's on. So
0: do that or email uh, Glenn at gystpodcast.com. We'll get you one of our mugs. Dope sauce. A GYST mug for you, buddy. They hold coffee and it keeps it hot. Or energy drinks, whatever.
2: Yeah, I don't have any merch for my stream. Otherwise, I would have sent it to them too. So. A monster. A monster. <laughs> if your yeah, name monster is Kyle. hydro.
1: If your name is Kyle. Anyway. That does it for today's episode, folks. It was all about the scarcity mentality and how it creates tunnel vision. What we can do to step out of it and how it can be challenging more so for certain individuals in different situations due to the bandwidth that our brains have to focus on certain tasks activities or challenges ahead of you take a look at what you do on a day-to-day basis and ask yourself some of these questions ask yourself if you have the ability to think and plan for the long term and if you don't And if you haven't, like we discussed earlier, right? When you take a look at your professional life, I'm happy with what I do now. Are you content or complacent? Have you even considered five or ten years? Did you even have the ability to do that? Because you were thinking about that next dollar you were going to make to pay the next bill that you had to pay. That's what scarcity mentality can do. Mm -hmm. Prevent you from being able to plan five years, ten years, twenty years down the line.
2: Sometimes one day down the line. Sometimes one day.
1: Right? It's, it's crazy. So, appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for tuning in to the GYST Podcast. Your hosts, Kyle Reed, Glenn Rucks, Rohit Rohila, signing off. We'll see y'all next week.
0: tulu Bitches. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST Podcast. We hope you learned how to get your <laughs> together.